Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and once again, I'm joined by my good friend, Professor Srinivasan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured I gotta uh, introduce his professor because yeah. that's my that's my nickname from my uh, power forward the power forward days. <laughs> really, really, they call posting you the up and posting up and throwing elbows. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude, I could I could imagine you, you <laughs> without you without to, meaning to all this, but yeah. you got you're you're lanky. You got those long arms and those sharp elbows, man. Like uh, not a not at all not a lot of mass though. I'm not Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we just watched the Warriors kind of whoop the Brooklyn Nets, and that was like one of the funnest games of the season. Probably might be the funnest up there with the that opening night Lakers game. What? What did you think, man? Like, I'm still processing. The game just ended. Give me your impressions, your thoughts. I mean, what were, the game really transitioned, you know, into the second quarter um, because the Warriors' defense really just exerted itself on the Nets. And the Nets, quite honestly, like, had no answers eventually, especially when we got into the third quarter defensively. I don't think the Nets are a very strong defensive team. In fact, the commentators commonly referred to a couple times referred to Blake Griffin as the Nets best defender. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this is the guy we try to get switches onto. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, K- KD showed his firepower in the, you know, in the first quarter, the Warriors figured out some good methods of defending him. You know, they were, they kept changing their defensive rotations. Harden milked his way to some points. You know, I, I always, I always like, I always dislike giving up points in any way at all to Harden. He got a lot of free throws, yeah. but the Warriors just exerted themselves, the motion offense and the switching defense. And they, and they're deep. I mean, they were just much deeper. They blew the nets away. Even in the first half, you know, they came out of the first half only up like, I don't know, five or something. Um, but they blew them away on the bench scoring. And so that was a great sign. And Curry also, I mean, it's strange to not even <laughs> that that's not even like the big story. He was just totally insane today. He was insane. Curry, he was what? He played 29 minutes. He was 12 for 19, 9 for 14 from three, seven boards, five assists, plus 16, 37 points. I mean, that's that's insane. Uh, this game was like the opposite of the previous game against the Hornets, where all of a sudden no one on the Warriors could shoot and that quote-unquote deep bench that we've been talking about this whole season was gone. I mean, I don't think anybody, any reasonable person panicked about it, but like they all just came out and it was crazy. I I couldn't believe like how many different dudes were contributing at different points in the game. Jordan Poole had his moments. Andrew Wiggins uh, saved the first half in a lot of ways. He hit that three-pointer at the buzzer, which was fascinating to me because (laughs) how many games has Andrew Wiggins had like this in his career, maybe like a handful, you know, like where yeah. it was like high pressure on a good team, you know, a couple of them were last year in the playing round. And then yeah. maybe in the playoffs at one time with the, with the Timberwolves, but outside of this, this is his first experience with this. And I'm hoping, cause this is like the third game in a row where he has exerted himself um, after I mean, fourth game, if you include the Wolves game. So hopefully this kind of continues a little bit more. I mean, it looked like he was attacking the basket and he was taking, I mean, he's extremely uh, like just sleek, you know, I mean, he's, he's, Mm -hmm. uh, he's really fast and bouncy and he has long arms. I mean, he has the physical attributes. I was listening to Curry uh, being interviewed by the TNT guys after the game and they, and Curry literally said, 
that he can be the best player on the floor at any given time and that he's capable of doing that. It's a matter of him like choosing to kind of it, the way Curry actually uh, described it was insightful because often, you know, we, the fans talk about it as like, he's not maybe motivated. He's, he needs to try harder. He needs to push it harder. Curry said he needs to keep his confidence up. Mm-hmm. So I think when Wiggins is confident, he, he's, he believes his athleticism and his skills can overwhelm other players. And that's happens very rarely. Right. But right. we've, we saw it today. Wiggins performance in the second quarter is what changed the game and put us ahead going into halftime. And then we just smoked them in the third quarter. Yeah. And it was one of those games where I don't know about you, but when I was watching, even when the Warriors were up by 12 and then 15, I didn't realize it. Like I looked at the score <laughs> and I just felt maybe because of the the tension and that Warriors fandom, that longtime fandom where you're like, oh, this game is always within reach. It's going to collapse at any moment. But once they got that lead, they never relinquished it. And no. that's got to scare the hell out of the rest of the league because you can say, sure, right, that the Nets didn't have Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, but don't tell me that, you know, I'll take Clay Thompson and James Wiseman over both those dudes. You got to give Kerr credit also. Like even early in the fourth, you know, the Nets made like without um, KD and Harden on the floor, the Nets made a minor run. It was like a 4-0 run or 5-0 run or something. Kerr immediately called timeout, reset his offensive scheme. And then after that, Curry hit a wide open three-pointer. And then it was back to 21. And we just kind of pushed out from there, right? Then it just sort of oscillated between like, 21 and 28 till garbage time yeah and this was one of those games where Kerr's new rotations were actually really helpful because Steph he got the fourth foul and he sat the rest of the third he never came back but then as recent rotations have been he started the fourth quarter when Durant and Harden were sitting on the bench and that's uh that's that's bad news for for the Nets and I was really really impressed because when Curry went out with his fourth foul it was like, well, this is where the run is going to happen. But yeah. hey, guess what? Uh, the Warriors, as uh, the theme is for the season, they have real NBA players on the bench this year on the roster, and they they sustained. I mean, yeah, man, that it exactly. That was when Wiggins and Otto Porter also played really well there. He played really well right at that point. That was the key transition point because you know we we saw. I don't know. It was it was basically like the Warriors really showed that that they, they had enough depth and enough had enough like supplementary scoring I, in the first quarter. And you know when we were down nine or so, at, I think at the max, I was concerned because I didn't know who was going to give us dependable scoring outside of Curry, and that's what we saw in the last game as well mm-hmm. against Charlotte. And then the depth showed up. I mean, a bunch of players stepped up. I was worried too because at the outset. I was like, we need either Damian Lee, Otto Porter Jr., or Bielitsa to give us some points, you know, to give us some quality uh, minutes. And nobody was hitting threes amongst those dudes in the first half, but at least Otto Porter Jr. was getting some twos. He was active in the lane and he was doing things. And then, yeah, this team showed its depth. And as as good as the Nets are, the Warriors roster is a little bit more built for these veteran, you know, like these... The younger teams that are, I keep saying that are unafraid and super athletic can give our bench problems, of course, especially with Otto Porter Jr. and Bielitsa, who I would pay money to see those dudes like 
run a race to see who would win. <laughs> <laughs> Porter's sort of like bounds. He has like a long stride because he's really long. So he covers ground, but his, you know, RPMs don't seem to be that great. But, you know, Damian Lee, I mean, he played well in, in the fourth quarter, especially in a little bit in the third. But Lee Lee was struggling in the first half and Bielitsa has, has been in a slump. So it's like, it was actually really, it was really impressive to see that you know, even that happening because both of them have been dependable players, especially Lee earlier mm-hmm. in the year before he just went out for that game. Yeah. Um, you know, just seeing that other players could step up a bunch of players. I mean, Iguodala played really well too. Green hit an open three. Green was taking that shot. That was a big pump up moment when he mm-hmm. hit that three in the third quarter. I mean, he, yeah. he pumps you up, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, that must've been painful for the Nets. I mean, looking at the stat sheet, it's like Draymond 29 minutes, same as Curry, five for six. Wow. Eight board, uh, sorry, eight assists, six boards, plus 17, 11 points. Money. Wiggins had 19. Poole had 17. I mean, the starters came came through. And yep. uh, no one from the bench had more than seven, which is what Jonathan Kaminga had. But overall, it was it felt like a really, really deep team effort. And uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. I, I'm, I'm super excited about that about this it shows me that they were able to refocus after the transition game you know um Mm -hmm. at charlotte right in the last game i was impressed i mean i know we were like texting about it and i i thought there was a 40 percent chance i'm a debbie downer (laughs) i was i learned my lesson man i mean i'm so like I, I I mean, I give them a lot of credit for being able to refocus, you know, play this game in Brooklyn. It was also so weird. The Brooklyn crowd was cheering Curry on. It felt like oh, yeah. a lot of the Brooklyn crowd was just cheering like our fun motion, like high wheeling. Like also the pace was so fast and the Warriors play so well at, at pace. Right. I noticed that too. And I, at the outset, I appreciated the Brooklyn crowd because it looked like they got there on time and they were very enthusiastic. They weren't late and they weren't just kind of sitting there on their hands and just waiting for their team to get ahead. But we also know, too, that, you know, Brooklyn is just a place where people from all over <laughs> the country live at this point. It's not like right. you know people are going to games. So, yeah, w- during stoppage stoppages in play, I would kind of try to look in the crowd, look for like, you know, some royal blue colors yeah, and stuff. I was and there, too. <laughs> there was there there were a, a, a bunch of them and Curry just puts on a good show, man. This was yeah. reminiscent of like obviously not as as crazy as his 54 point game at the Garden way back when, but it had that vibe of people wanting to see what Curry does and that dude never disappoints. I want to ask you about everybody's favorite guy Jonathan Kaminga, the man of the hour because oh, I've yeah. talked about him a lot in the past several days since he got into the rotation. And I want to get your impression because I've been talking about him since, since the G league. And I had hoped, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, if we get Jonathan Kaminga in the draft, that would be amazing. And when he, when the rumors were saying he was going to fall to seven, potentially, I was like, Oh, hell no, hell no. And, uh, (laughs) and we're seeing what a lot of people uh, had talked about, beforehand you know so what are your thoughts on him i mean no question like a a star potential like in the sense that like his explosiveness when he has the ball and he's near the basket and he's kind of his his momentum is moving toward the basket he has he's so explosive he's got such hops and he's so strong Mm -hmm. at the same time and um so in that sense he's extremely effective he's also a much better defender than he looked to be uh, during the during the preseason. 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the summer league, he was out for the preseason, but like, it's really impressive couple, I think a, like a couple shot blocks there, or at least really good high level contest. He, he just looks like an explosive motion offense player. He's just got to figure out, first of all, they've got to figure out how to like get him the ball moving toward the basket. I mean, I think Draymond's kind of figuring that out right now. He, they tried to throw a couple lobs to him that were a little too high, yeah. but I think they're kind of calibrating how to play with him. Jordan Poole, and it was garbage time, but looked like he was struggling and like not not really giving him the ball. In the, in, <laughs> but it was just garbage time. He was just playing like, I don't know, he was hogging the ball a little bit. But I'd like to see those guys work together, right? Just like Wiseman and Poole. Poole and Kaminga would be good. These are important rotations, you know, when Curry's not in the floor. Yeah. What I love about Kaminga is, I don't know if you caught any of him in the G League last year playing for the Ignite. No. He looked amazing in the first game. That's the one where he swatted Jordan Poole so badly. It was like the <laughs> biggest block I've ever seen on a on a fast break drive. And Poole fell to the ground. And I was like, oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, and it's funny to me that they're teammates. Maybe that's why he doesn't pass him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, no, I mean, he's just a, he's a weapon, right? I mean, we have that potential. I mean, a, a two-way player potential, two-way star player potential. Yeah. So like a, Gian, a Giannis or a Kawhi, like a two-way player, that obviously those, or Paul George, those would be like like right. the places we could go here. <laughs> you know, it's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 19, Kawhi, right? the Kawhi comp has been with Kaminga for a little bit, I think. And it's totally understandable to me that like his defense in the summer league was, you know, <laughs> subpar who plays, who <laughs> plays defense really. But um, I mean, that block he had on Harden, yeah, that and, was it. That's what I was thinking about. That was amazing. And just the little things. He he knows what to do with the ball. Like he can make things happen. There was that play where he drove, I think Cam Thomas, the LSU, the short dude, yeah. um, was guarding him and and he cut and he dropped the ball, fumbled it, but then he got a I think a dunk out of it or something. Right. And he has such good body control. He has that thing where he goes up and he clutches and then he can lay it up off the glass. He's done that, you know, a few times so far. I've seen it in his other games in the, in the uh, off season in the summer league. And it's crazy, man. Like he was guarding Harden. He was guarding Cam Thomas. He was guarding all the small dudes. And then when he would switch, he could body up on the big dudes. I mean, he's really, really strong. And then he hit, Andrew Wiggins, I mean, it was almost garbage time, but he on a on a loose ball, he he got in the backcourt and he looked up and he hit Andrew Wiggins on a at least half court pass, maybe a little bit farther than that. And it's like, okay, I mean, that may not seem like much, but the fact that he can do all these things is impressive to me. And and that he's already doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he's already doing it. Remember he had a he had an injury, right? So he was out in the preseason and the fact he's clearly playing well in practice because Kerr has, has moved him up in the rotation. I mean, again, at the beginning of the year, if you listen to a lot of like, you know, obviously a lot of prognostication there that was off, including my own, I didn't realize we'd be this good this early. <laughs> I thought we had the potential to be like this later in the year with Clayback. The prognostication was that he would, they would, he and Moody would, you know, especially him would be in the G League most of the year or part yeah. of the year. Or would yeah. start there. Now he's he's playing r- meaningful rotation minutes already, and that's likely to increase. So, you know, Curry in the um, in the post game interview with TNT just kept talking about how they're thirteen deep, and he said, yeah. and he just kept referring to the depth as something that is like 
a huge strength. I missed that interview. Did he include Clay and Wiseman in that? He said without Clay and Wiseman. We so that's 15. Team. That's, that's 15, man. <laughs> like, who, who's our 13th player right now? Like, who is it? You know, uh, JTA? Right now, JTA. Wow. JTA. It's interesting, man. Like, in the preseason, I did an episode with my friend Vubank, and he had this idea of, like, how to rank the Warriors players. Because he's like, hey, if JTA is, like, your eighth best player, you're not going to be in the playoffs. Or you're not going to be very good. And so we each figured out where we would rank everybody. And in his mind, if JTA was like the 13th best player, I, I said 11th, but he said uh, <laughs> 13th. He said 13th, I think. And then that would mean that the Warriors were actually going to be really good. And that's right now where he probably is. He gets in the game last, uh, in all honesty. He might end up being like the 14th or 15th best player when Clay and, and Wiseman come back. He sh- should be, right? So it's, it's yeah, it's incredible. I mean, all this, you know, there's so many players who are producing. And we haven't even mentioned Gary Payton. The oh, gosh, GP2. yeah. He, was, he just kept deflecting balls all game. I mean, yeah. he's just, he, his timing with his hand motions it's it's unlike it's like it's like he does you know hands combat or something yeah it's like uncanny it's yeah. it's sometimes you think it's luck but he does it so often you know because you know whenever anybody plays basketball you, you go for a steal and sometimes you get it sometimes you don't but it feels like he has it down to a science the way andre has those uh those strips when people bring the ball down right like that he yeah. always does and what i love and I'm going to love this, especially since the Warriors are now on the road a little bit after that long homestand. It's fun hearing crowds, particularly like, you know, this active, engaged Brooklyn crowd react to Gary Payton's dunks because (laughs) it's cool to hear them be like, whoa, you know, because no one expects that, you know, you don't know this kid. If you if you know Gary Payton and you know this is his kid. You're not expecting to dunk, right? Gary Payton couldn't dunk. He could yeah. barely dunk, you know, one-handed maybe at best when he was young. And uh, I find that really entertaining. And we hear people talk about like, oh, what's going to happen to the to the uh, rotation when Clay and Wiseman come back? I mean, that's an amazing problem to have, and I can't wait to see how they figure it out. But it's clear that, you know, there's certain guys who are going to be, who are going to lose their minutes. And, you know, that includes... Damon Lee, JTA has already lost a bunch of minutes and we'll see uh, where everybody else fits in. Looney might lose some minutes. Hey, the thing about Wiseman is like, he just has to not be a liability on defense. Exactly. I mean, that's the main thing he has. He, he has to just go for the dunk, the dunker spot, the JaVale McGee kind of role and just kind of be good at positioning himself on defense. And, and jump up. Don't lean down on people or crash down on people, which is, sad. you know, I want to blame him for his injury. But yeah, yeah. You know, he would collide with people a lot last year. He was kind of a little shaky when he jumped. Right, right. And yeah, definitely no fouls and being on top of your assignment and everything. And that's obviously the one thing that Looney does great. And that's why he plays. That's why he's in the lineup. So hopefully Wiseman can. I mean, we don't know what we're getting. And that's why, you know, we're talking. We're like, oh, there's a 40% chance the Warriors might win this game. It's because, like, we feel good, but we haven't really seen them go through the league once. And now as we're starting to see it, it's like, okay, this this is real, you know? The main reason I felt that was um, 
just Durant, you know, going off against the Warriors, being motivated. But, he, you know, they, they took care of us <laughs> plenty last year. The Nets, yeah. I remember that first game of the season. You know, this was nice payback oh. for that last year. Yeah. And, you know, I think it. I think it's also that the main concern I had, like, after the Charlotte game was, who is the dependable second scorer? You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, because Poole can be up and down. Wiggins can be a little passive, right? Some of these other guys may not hit their outside shots, like, you know, Lee and Porter and all these guys, right? So it's that possibility. But our motion offense was so effective today. Brooklyn didn't play great D either. um, That we had a lot of open just looks at the basket, open cuts to the basket, open layups, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that the nature of our offense is such where there should be movement. You know, they'll be cutting toward the basket and open shooters. The question is, is we just need enough people since we are so deep, we can just keep figuring out who can hit the shot and keep them in the game, right? Exactly. It's all these guys have shown they can. That's what they tried in Charlotte, but nobody nobody actually stepped up. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key but fun way. Don't believe me? Check out OaklandWarriors.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout for a 10% discount. The thing that I love about Kaminga and Wiseman, and regardless of how much they play like in the first half of the season, they're going to play definitely in the second half a lot more. And this is a component that the Warriors have long been missing. It's why I was so excited about drafting Wiseman last year, like that big, physical, quick, young, athletic guy. And now we legitimately have two of them, you know? Yeah. Like for... James Wiseman being the second pick and Kaminga being the seventh in this past draft, we all know it was a much deeper draft than Wiseman's draft. And you could make the argument that Kaminga would have been drafted before Wiseman easily if they were yeah. in the same, same draft class. And the crazy thing about Kaminga is he reclassified. He would be a freshman right now, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And um, that dude has a crazy story, man. And like uh, his, his level of maturity seemingly on the court is pretty clear 
And uh, I, you know, I love that. I love that he seems to be, he must be taking all the development coaching, you know, and listening. And also that he's okay. And, you know, Wiseman is going to be okay with the role that these guys have, which is they're on an advanced team. They're on a championship contending team. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get played the same kind of minutes as Anthony Edwards, who's, you know, shown that he's developing into a star and LaMelo Ball, who already is, right? So mm-hmm. we have to wait with these guys a little bit more, but they're going to be groomed in the right, in the perfect, you know, championship DNA, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, my prediction and uh, is that at a certain point, Wiseman and Kaminga might be battling for playing time at, at center, <laughs> you know, uh, good problem to have, I suppose, but, but we'll see. We'll see. What were your impressions of the Nets? Well, the Nets, you know, they didn't have Joe Harris, right. And, um, they were missing one other player also. Who was that? Um, the commentators were talking about it. And some guy named Kyrie Irving, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is the guy I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. So I got the sense, I mean, the, they were saying that the Nets haven't beaten any teams, I think, over 500 or like teams with really very good records. I think the Nets are clearly like a work in progress. They might just kind of take it chill in the east and get the mm-hmm. second or third seed because they're going to get that yeah. probably no matter what simply by having Harden and Durant um, and Harris back. I mean he's not he's not comparable to Harden and Durant, but still I think they're they're a total veteran team. So we're just going to have to see how they play in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But I would imagine that they will play with they will be a championship contender that they have as good a chance as anybody in the east of coming out of there because of their star power. And, you know, we were texting about this, like if Kyrie comes back, like, you know, who knows? Hey, I want to see like the best basketball. So if Kyrie comes to his senses, uh, (laughs) I would love to see the Nets with Kyrie play the Warriors in the finals. But yeah, right now the Nets definitely aren't at full strength. And I was actually kind of down on them because now they don't have Kyrie. And um, I thought that the new rules are really going to screw Harden, the new foul free throw rules. But clearly he's found a way around it because he shot 11 free throws tonight, uh, 10 for 11. And his ugly game, (laughs) let me go off for a second. His ugly game was even uglier because not only does he, before he used to get the foul calls, now he doesn't get them and then he'll complain. And so he'll spend all this time complaining (laughs) with his hands (laughs) up in the air and then eventually he'll get the foul calls. So I thought that was actually seriously going to hurt his game and thus the Nets chances, but it looks like uh, he figured a way around that, or they sent a memo to the league or something like that. So, yeah, two things on that. Like, one is um, he's shooting, I think Harden's shooting five and a half free throws per year, I mean, per game on mm-hmm. average this year. And so he doubled that in this game. And so that is really, really frustrating and annoying because what I was concerned that we could lose the game simply because, you know, he would just have so many like free throws, you know, and in a close game that can make the difference. And in the first quarter, it looked like that we were fouling too much. Right. And he got to the line a lot. Other guys got to the line. Um, The other thing is last year, we barely saw uh, Kyrie Harden and Durant play together. That didn't happen much. So we don't, you know, we shouldn't assume that that would be the super team that I kind of assumed it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about Harden tonight. I was like, when the, fouls kept coming against the Warriors and all of a sudden the Nets were in the bonus in the third quarter with like six minutes left. I was like, Oh, come on. Okay. This is how it's going to, 
I was going to fall apart. But then all of a sudden, there was a foul against the Nets on the next play. And then, oh, the Warriors were in the bonus too. So I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. You know, <laughs> as long as that's that's even, which is which is great because I've always felt during the Curry years where the Warriors haven't had that guy who can go to the basket and get fouls, that getting teams into the bonus is something that the Warriors are bad at because they don't attack the basket. They don't get those fouls. Curry doesn't get to the line as much as he should, you know? Yeah. Uh Imagine if he got to the line, like I think in, in Harden's MVP year, he averaged maybe 11 free throws a game, which is insane. Imagine if, if Curry averaged like seven or eight, you know? I mean, and part of that also is Curry is so skilled that he actually is able to get by guys like without sort of like almost wanting contact or, or whatever, initiating contact. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harden initiates the contact and then tries to get the foul based on that and occasionally, you know, hits the shot, right? Yeah. So he had that four point play, but then remember he missed the fourth. He missed he well he had the uh, three point shot. Then he was fouled on barely, barely, barely. I think it was by GP two. I, I don't think he touched him, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know if at all, right? And um, and then he missed, of course. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, I was, I was waiting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, the thing on that too. One more is that you just contrast Curry's game with Harden's game and this game told you everything right harden spent like half the game like complaining with his hands up in the air wanting free throws and curry just you know played like an electrifying aesthetically pleasing just beautiful basketball game court game you know floor game all around That's i mean that guy is like the guardian angel of all things warriors you know yeah. he's he's amazing and then listening to him you know interviewed with the tnt guys right after the game he's just like so chill and balanced and uh -huh. you know yet motivated and inspiring i was just like oh my gosh I, you're awesome i love you <laughs> you're the best so i mean yeah it's just the the nature of his game it changed the nba you know and um the guys that Shaq and kenny and chuck they were like you know maybe we should talk about curry as the best player in the nba and then kenny was like i said that two days ago and these guys were like that's bs you didn't say anything you didn't say nothing so it's easy to think that the most physically dominant looking player, right, who also performs to that level is the best player or some, you know, amazing freak of nature, but also great, you know, all time great player like Durant is. But I mean, what has Curry's impact on the game been? Now he's clearly the best player on the best team, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the engine that makes it all go. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't have him in this game, it would be a very different game. I've yeah, I know. It's sometimes I catch myself taking taking him for granted a little bit. It's like, okay, uh, Steph scored 30. What, how did Moses Moody do? <laughs> like, let me let me dive into the rookies. Oh, for two. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't you do better than that? <laughs> yeah. I'll say it right now, man. Uh, I think Bob Myers is going to be executive of the year. I think he would deserve it because sometimes you guys get it just because their team is the, like the best team or something. But in terms of picking guys in the draft and – Getting minimum free agents after getting rejected by, say, Patty Mills, who was on the Nets tonight, or Nicholas Batum. Right. Picking up Bielitsa, picking up uh, OPJ and Andre Godala. He put this team together. Iguodala, that's the key. I mean, you know, he just changed. He's just a vibe setter. He's the he's a guardian of the team. I mean, it it was great. You know, Curry basically talked uh, after the game as if he was like, 
me, Draymond, and Andre, we got that championship DNA, and Clay's coming back. And so it was as if Iguodala never left. And that's what he looks like. He even hit that three. That was the craziest three at the end of the third. Over KD. Yeah, over KD. That was that I was just like, this is a great night. Yeah. This is this is so much fun. And that's when I texted you, I was like, I'm having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have much more to say. And and I always love thinking about the fact that the when the Warriors lost Kevin Durant and then they convinced Brooklyn to make the trade, we got D'Angelo Russell. And we lost Iguodala, but then D'Angelo Russell became Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga, <laughs> and then we got Iguodala back. Yep. So, you know, we we don't have the the pick that we sent out with Iguodala, but all good, man. All good. <laughs> Our roster's full. What a way to reload, right? I mean, we you know we had to move to create the like the asset, right? And then mm-hmm. somehow we managed to convince Minnesota to make that trade. I feel like we'll finish this road trip three and one i mean detroit is awful and then cleveland they're better but they're not that good and i think evan mobley has an injury now so you know he might be out or he's going to be after like a month yeah i mean it's just a matter of like you know clearly we got up for this game clearly we're better than detroit and cleveland um but we're gonna have to play that way right i mean we're we're definitely better than charlotte also yeah charlotte played a great game but like gonna have to play with strength you know and yeah i mean especially against cleveland detroit i might be the worst team i think in the nba right now i oh, mean have, have you watched them at all i watched them a little that's that's <laughs> my basis for that claim. So bad. i don't even so know bad. what the record is they were so bad it's so bad like it's it, it it looks like a high school team right now and and uh but uh i'll, I'll save that for, for later <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm excited. You know, everybody stay healthy. I also think that the depth is going to allow us to rest, you know, Iguodala, yes. Otto Porter, maybe Bielitsa, some other players, you know. And that's what's Draymond, going to, maybe. that's what's going to allow, you know, guys like Damian Lee and JTA to get minutes, especially as the season goes, because, you know, Clay's not going to come back in for a while and he's not going to play 35 minutes and start running after the point guard. You know, Did you hear the announcement that he's uh, playing five on five now? Yeah, yeah, no, that's wow. that's that's big time, and you know, I I hope that they are very careful with him because yes. it's only been in four days; it'll be exactly a year. I think I think it was November twentieth of last year, where, on draft day, where he tore his uh, Achilles. But yeah, all things are pointing up. So, all right, well, thank you, Ramesh. Oh, that was for, uh, so for, much fun. <laughs> being back yeah no uh come back anytime man i enjoy we're two for two and two of the most fun wins of the year <laughs> i mean the lakers and the and beating duran and harden i mean it's like those are like two of the teams i most want to be too absolutely absolutely man all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or check us out at oaklandwarriors.com the oakland warriors podcast is Produced by National Film Society. Be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. And the Oakland Warriors podcast is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And check out Ramesh at Ramesh Media on Twitter for his (laughs) non-basketball takes. (laughs) That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Doug.